they got me one. A what? A shelf. Thank God. Like a shelf or like a shelf? Oh. <laughs> the, the first one. <laughs> shelf? Yeah, this thing like a shelf. Like a shelf. A, sh a, sh a shelf. Are y'all talking about the same thing? A shelf. Chill. Is it a shelf or is it a shelf? Do you mean a shelf or a <laughs> shelf? Just, no, like, I, I don't think you're understanding. <laughs> do, do you guys need a shelf? Let me explain one like, more time. Or do you need a shelf? Hear the difference? I need to hear it again. <laughs> is it like a shelf or is it like a shelf? It's a shelf. Ah. <laughs> I hear it. Okay, yeah, I hear it. I this is why God. This is why God put me on this earth. <laughs>
Yesterday. Huh. Yeah. Because we're trying to put it. Oh, we, we've got a show in the works. It might be in April. April? April. Okay. Yeah. Show in the works. Whenever you have more details than that, that'd be great. It'll be in Joliet at the Drunken Donut. Oh, okay. Those, mm-hmm. those are good details to share. Mm-hmm. In April. We'll keep it, keep everyone posted. Yeah, give me a date so I can make sure I can be there. It'll be fantastic. Would it be like a weekend? It'll be what a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be a vibe? weekend. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, something like that. How was your, uh, your week? It worked. Work's been kind of crazy because the kids keep getting moved around and everyone keeps getting COVID. They are germ factories. It's ridiculous. COVID. Nasties. We've only, you know, this this podcast has never existed outside of COVID. Are you for realsies and yeah. for seriously? Yeah, for seriously. Huh. This podcast has only existed during COVID. That's depressing. It is. It'll go away when COVID ends. <laughs> yeah, we'll start the, our last <laughs> episode like, will be the it's last. It's like a seasonal flavor. <laughs> <laughs> well, COVID's done. Guess we're done. All right. Close it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's it, man. That All was right. my week. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You want to get into it? Get into it. Our beer is from Hop Butcher for the World. That's the name of the... That is the name of the brewery. Hop Butcher for the World? Hop Butcher for the World. H-O-P. Yeah. Yeah. Hop. Hop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's just a weird name for a brewery. In his poem, Chicago, Carl Sandburg first refers to this great city as hog butcher for the world. And while the literal meaning behind that moniker has faded since the mid-20th century, closing of the Union stockyards, it anchors and inspires our ethos in three meaningful ways. For starters, we love hops, the variety of ways they can be used in brewing and the range of flavors and aromas. Aromas. Uh, that they bring to beer are vast in areas in which we enjoy experimenting heavily. How we are inspired by the butcher portion of our namesake is thankfully less bloody than the history behind it. There's not going to be blood in this beer. No, there was. Actually, I found a... Never mind. But there are a lot of butcher-esque <laughs> traits that we do draw inspiration from. All of the ones we grew up around were approachable, dependable, and visibly, vocally passionate about their craft. So it's in Chicago. Can you wait? Jeez. Our beer is Milk Stachio. You've got my attention. <laughs> it is a pistachio milk, unfortunately, stout. Really? After last episode, you wanted to do another stout? I saw it and I was like, oh, Zach would want to try this. Aww. I do want to try it. It that is sounds... a 6% ABV and like a guy named Dan did the art for it. Yeah, you go, Dan. Go, Dan. Um, a pistachio milk stout. It was ranked a top 25 beer of 2016. Whoa. By Draft Magazine, whoever that is. Um, it does have a score on Beer Advocate. It's 88, which is very good. It is very good. Um, it's considered a sweet milk stout. It is ranked uh, 15,644 overall. And then 456 for stouts. All right. What's it called again? Um, milk stachio. Milk stachio. Reminds me of um, um, milk stash that you get from drinking milk. Yeah. There better be a milk stash on the, on the art. Uh, no. Well, I'm not drinking it then. Why? 
Just kidding. I'll drink it. Just I get kidding. It? Just kidding. Yeah, if you could. Okay. If you could. If you could. Oh, look at that. <laughs> well, yeah. <gasps> Classy as hell. Pistachio milk stout brewed with chocolate. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'm going to love this. Butcher for the world. Bedford Park. I know where that's at. I don't. Tasting notes. <clears throat> Nuts. Pistachio. Crema. Cream. Vanilla. <laughs> and rich chocolate. Hot butcher for the world. Dry hot brewers. Oh, God. So foamy. I smell a lot of nut in there. It smells like nut. (laughs) No, it smells uh, creamy. Is it creamy nut? (laughs) That is the. It's got to be the creamiest nut I've ever smelled. Well, it smells like no. It smells like pistachio. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. We were talking about nuts. Yeah, it smells like pistachio. It's dark. It's a stout, unfortunately. So, someone needs to leave. I'm upset. I'm upset. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not even trying. Oh, that's a, That's a good amount. That's very bubbly. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Every fucking time. Why do you always manage to spill? <laughs> Don't spill on the cat. It's <laughs> You've done that before? <laughs> it's dark. That's a stout. I thought it was very bubbly. It's very carbonated. Yeah, it's extremely foamy when you invert a can 180 degrees into the glass. There's a lot of foam in the ones we poured for our friends, but mine, the head goes away pretty quick. <laughs> but it's, uh... That's what happens when you get married. <laughs> the head goes away real quick. <laughs> smells more of the same. In the glass. <laughs> I love this. Very creamy. Very smooth. Silky. I taste nothing. You taste nothing. <laughs> Should get that checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just... I don't get chocolate. I don't get nut. I get chocolate. <laughs> I I can I feel like the pistachio is as present in this as it is in Vera. I, I disagree. It's like a like a small little like a hint. I just I think there's less. All right. Well, it's a milk stout. It tastes like a milk stout, but with a, just a hint, a little hint of pistachio, or similar to. Um, this is so flavorless. I could probably chug it. Similar to. Uh, a South Dakota beer. And I can promise you I don't have COVID. The jalapeno cream ale? Oh, yeah. It's like... This there sort should of have like been a, more jalapeno in that. Like someone someone ate a jalapeno and like breathed into the beer. <sighs> kind of like that. Like someone ate a handful of pistachios and then just went... I was going to say spit the shells <laughs> in. <laughs> into the beer. It's like just a hint. A small little hint. <laughs> just the, the spitty nutshell taste of a stranger's pistachio leftovers. Oh, God. I get nothing from this. I was hoping it was going to be disgusting. <laughs> and I was going to have just a strong, horrid reaction. 
like with Sequench. Bring back Sequench. I said we should do an episode of our, our favorite beers that we've done. I think we should also do an episode of the least liked beers that we've done. So that'd I can have Sequench again. Yeah, that'd be fun. I love Sequench. And just vomit. Yeah. I think everyone here liked it except for you. It's disgusting. Trash. Trash in a can. Wow. Upsetting. I love it. I'm nothing if I'm not critical. It's good. <laughs> No, I, I think I enjoy this more than last week's for sure. We had the... Uh, oh, let me get the... I can show you... Hold on. I can show you the bottle from last week's episode. Wait, come back, do things. While Paige is figuring that out. I don't want to... Figure that out. Hey, Paige, carry the four. When you're doing the equation, carry the four. You have no idea how bad I am at math. There was a point in time. Let me tell you. Let me paint a picture for you. That was last week. When I was in middle school, when I lived in Tennessee... And I was in math class, and I did not know the answer to the math problem. And my teacher knew how bad I was at math. I literally wrote, I don't know, as an answer once. That is how bad I am at math. <clears throat> wow. I love that for you. Though. He called on me with all the fucking gall of the son-of-a-bitch math teacher he was. And he's just like, Paige, can you solve this equation? I'm looking at him. And I'm looking at people around me. And I'm looking back at him. And I'm looking at people around me. And I'm just like, does he really think that I can do this? He's seen my tests. They haven't seen my tests. But he and I have an understanding that I'm a dumb shit. So I shouldn't be getting called out in class. I just sat there and stared at the board. I said nothing. Then some little girl next to me was like, it's four! The answer's four! And he was like, don't tell her! And I was like, I'm going to say the answer's four. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me. I think the answer's four. The answer might be four. Okay, ter- tell me about uh, Mr. Shipman. Mr. Harold? Shipman. Harold Frederick Shipman was born January 14th, 1946 in Nottingham, Nottinghamshire, England. Nottingham, Nottinghamshire? Nottingham, Nottinghamshire. Okay, I'll allow it. In England. You know how England is with their names. Yeah. He was a general practitioner who was believed to be one of the most prolific serial killers in modern history. He was the second of three children of his father, Harold Frederick Shipman. Same name. Same exact name. They didn't really get creative. No. They just started adding Roman numerals to the end. (laughs) So he was Harold Frederick Shipman Jr. and his mom, Vera Britton. His father was a lorry driver. That's uh, that's uh, British for bus. Oh. Drove a lorry. And both parents were devout Methodists. The middle child, he was the favorite of his domineering mother. She instilled in him an early sense of superiority that tainted most of his later relationships, leaving him an isolated adolescent with few friends. Band name. <coughs> isolated adolescent. With few. <laughs> with few friends. <laughs> <laughs> Harold completed his primary education in 1957 and excelled as a distance runner and rugby player. He then moved to High Pavement Grammar School in Nottingham, which he left in 1964. Before Harold left grammar school, his mother was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer, and he willingly oversaw her care as she declined. In the later stages of her disease, Vera had um, morphine administered at home by a doctor. That's her name, right? Vera? Oh, like our beer. That's cool. I never made that connection. 
Harold witnessed and became fascinated by the positive effects the morphine had on her suffering. This is what sparked Harold's interest in medicine. He would watch over his mom until her death on June 21st, 1963, at the age of 42. Devastated by her death, he was determined to go to medical school. No one in his family had ever been to university. Harold was admitted to Leeds School of Medicine for training two years later, having failed his entrance exams the first time before serving his hospital internship. Still a loner, he met his future wife, Primrose Oxtaby, at the age of 19. Primrose, that's a, <coughs> that's a unique name. Primrose Oxtaby. At the age of 19, the two married on November 5th, my mom's birthday, 1966, when she was 17 and five months pregnant with their first child. Moving quick. Yeah. Harold graduated Lock from... Lock and load them. <laughs> Harold graduated from Leeds in 1970 and by 1974 was a father of two and had joined a medical practice as a general practitioner at the Abraham Omerod Medical Center in Tomorden, Yorkshire. In 1975, after it was discovered that he had written several fraudulent prescriptions for the op opiate pethidine, which is a painkiller used particularly during childbirth, to which he had become addicted, he was forced out of his practice and into drug rehabilitation. He received a small fine and was convicted for forgery. Two years later, now a father of four, he found work as a general practitioner at the Donnybrook Medical Center in Hyde, near Manchester. Harold quickly gained respectability and developed a thriving practice. He integrated, I'm sorry, ingratiated himself as a hardworking doctor who enjoyed the <coughs> trust of patients and colleagues alike. Although he had a reputation for arrogance amongst junior staff, same. In 1983, Harold was interviewed in an edition of the Granada television documentary World in Action on how the mentally ill should be treated in the community. And he eventually established his own surgery at 21 Market Street in 1993 and would remain on staff at Donnybrook for almost two decades. His behavior incurred only minor interest from other healthcare professionals during this time. But it wasn't until 1998, 21 years since he began his practice at Donnybrook, and five years since practicing on his own, when Harold's colleagues would make a disturbing discovery. <coughs> what? Page. I don't like it when you try and set me up like that. Like we, like we even compared notes. You're just like, and this sentence is going to continue with Page, and it's like I wasn't a part of that. <laughs> I don't like that. Well, damn, fine. I have my own thing. I'm done with my notes. Now you go. Okay. I just feel like <laughs> just more. trying to make this flow a little bit. No. We can, <coughs> we can at least pretend we collaborated with our notes. No. Your turn. You didn't ask me why the beer tightened with the topic. It looks like him. <laughs> no. Yeah, it does. It's literally just because they had facial hair. Oh, yeah, because they both had mustaches. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, it, it kind of looks like him. I think you're blind. If you look up a, a picture of Harold Shipman on your phone right now, it looks like this guy in the can of our beer. He's not wearing that fancy hat. He could wear a fancy hat like that and get away with it. Shipman. Shipman. Every time I say that, I feel like I'm saying shit. Was accused of killing 15 elderly patients in 1999, although he is believed to have killed approximately 250. Damn. That's a large number. According to the Shipman Inquiry, which took place in 2002, Deborah Massey, or Macy, 
maybe she, I don't know, who worked at Frank Macy and Son's funeral parlor, raised the alarm in March of 1998 after noticing a high death rate. What was that? <laughs> Among Shipman's patients and a large number of cremation forms that he had countersigned. Oh. Well, another GP also informed the Medical Defense Union, however, police were unable to find sufficient evidence and closed the investigation. I I uh, didn't purposely didn't look into like his story and his background on why he was a murderer because mm-hmm. I wanted to hear it from you. But I one thing I did read is that he uh, one death like one of his patients died and they initially investigated that like before 1998, but police weren't able to to prove anything, so that was closed. And then yeah, I think I remember seeing something like that where they were like investigating, like uh, I don't know. He didn't do it. I guess not. Guess not. That's how they uh, handled, um, was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Mm, mm. The guy that walked out and yeah. was like, I got attacked. And they were like, and he like played it off. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. I want to be that good at convincing people. That was a very much, these are not the droids you were looking for moment. <laughs> In August of 1998, taxi driver John Shaw informed police that he suspected Shipman had killed 21 patients after noticing that many elderly women he was taking to the medical center died in his care, despite arriving in what seemed to be good health. Whoopsies. The police, who were later blamed by the Shipman inquiry for assigning inexperienced officers to the case in March, took notice after the killer's latest victim, Kathleen Grundy, was found dead at her home in June of 1998, with Shipman being the last person to see her alive and recording because of death as old age. Grundy's daughter, Angela Woodruff, who was a lawyer, was informed by a solicitor that an inauthentic-looking will had been made seemingly by her mother, excluding Woodruff and her children, but leaving 386000 to Shipman. Damn. Woodruff reported Shipman to the police, who opened up an investigation and found traces of heroin, often used to treat terminal cancer patients, in her body. In fact, the forensic scientist said that her death was consistent with the use or administration of a significant quantity of morphine or heroin Mm. or diamorphine. Mm -hmm. And similar values have been seen in fatalities attributed to morphine overdoses. Shipman asserted that Grundy was addicted to a drug like codeine, morphine, or heroin and pointed to his GP notes as evidence. However, police found that the comments had been written on his computer after her death, as well as as a typewriter that could be used to make the forged will. He was arrested on September 7th of 98. Police managed to investigate and certify 15 other cases where Shipman had administered lethal doses of diamorphine, falsely registered the patient's deaths, and edited their medical history to show that they were deathly ill. Mm. What a sneaky sneak. Well, he had a good run. Little stinker. In 2000, Shipman was sentenced to life imprisonment with a recommendation that he never be released. And struck off the general medical council. I think that's a good decision. <laughs> just let's keep him on the board, but he just works out yeah. of prison now. He is a doctor. <laughs> he was originally incarcerated in a Manchester prison, but moved to HMP Franklin in Durham, and eventually to Wakefield Prison in West Yorkshire. And he took his own life in January of two thousand and four, mm. the day before his fifty eighth birthday. Oh yeah, agent's a bitch. What are you gonna do? Fifty eight. Yeah, he would have been 58. The day before. Old ass. Did he, uh, he hanged himself, right? He did. Yeah. 
Is it hung? Hanged? Hung? Hanged. Hang you. Hey, that's rude. Don't do that. What was that? Quite on set. <laughs> that's funny. You can tell me that's it. Yeah. <laughs> this 20 minute episode of Beer and Beer. <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> so, how did you find how did you find this? Did you you so you found the beer first? How did you find this guy specifically? Cuz you could have there's a lot of uh serial murderers that that kill in weird ways and I'm I hope we're going to do multiple episodes. But this one specifically. <laughs> I looked up. <laughs> oh, oh god. <clears throat> Mustache. Mythical scary <laughs> question mark in google and then i couldn't find anything so then i typed in mustache killer and that became serial killer and then i found a list of top 25 serial killers with mustaches so it was titled top 25 most dangerous mustaches that is how i found this man it was a lengthy process a lot of hard work and we uh, I love that. That's, that's kind of ridiculous, but I dig it. Are we? So is this number one? Was this guy number one? Are we going to do number two next week? No, he wasn't number one. Oh, yeah, I was just like, huh? Dangerous mustaches. Flip, 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 flip. Oh, hmm. This guy's like a number. He um, he reminds me of who's the person that opened opened that hotel? H.H. Um, H. Holmes. Yeah. Reminds me of that guy. We should do an episode on him. I almost did him. I almost picked him. H.H. Holmes? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, um, H.H. Holmes, inspired uh, American Horror Story Hotel, right? Yes. Yeah. I want to do do that for sure. Okay. Pick it as your topic then. Add that to the list. Waste somebody else's time. Well, um, hey. I'm sorry. Well, uh, next week is episode 69. (laughs) So. uh, Kinky death. Max, yeah, Max suggested a a good topic for us to do it. pick. We might do kinky deaths. Don't be a bitch. People who died in in kinky ways. <laughs> what do you think of the beer? Oh, this is it. We're not going to try and drag this out. No. Stop it. I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't anything spectacular. I've had better milk stouts, but it's interesting. I like the combination of. Um, the little hints of pistachio. Um, the, hints of pistachio. The, the milk stout isn't anything to write home about, but it's uh, I've had better ones, like I said. But it's it's interesting. It's a good mix. It just makes me want Vera, honestly. It just because I prefer if I'm going to drink a pistachio beer, I want it to be lighter. I think I think the pistachio works better with the binnies. The binnies I go to still has Vixen in stock from Christmas. I so, yeah, I still haven't had that. Uh, all right, we're gonna check Geneva and see if they got any. But next time you go to Benny's, mm-hmm. if you see it, please buy some for me, okay? And I can pay you um, in Bitcoin. In Bitcoin, because I want to try Vixen. Uh, it's uh, what is the, it's it's Vera, but it's got something else. What is it? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. It's like a holiday version of Vera. I don't know why I said cinnamon and then did this. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Uh, and Vera's delicious. I think the pistachio works better as a cream ale, but this is good. Um, and what about you? I didn't really care for it. 
<laughs> you're doing that. Like, you're doing the brush brush it away with a hand shoo-shoo. motion. But you put it higher than I did. I'm a, I told you I'm gonna adjust things later. It's just making it easy. I didn't want isolation able to go below that, but I didn't want to give this the satisfaction of being three. <laughs> I think that's logical. <laughs> We've had some weird beers. I don't taste anything from this. I was expecting a tantalizing dance on my tongue of weird flavors. I mean, it's 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 a stout, so the stout flavor is going to dominate. But <sighs> then why advertise? There's enough pistachio in there to satisfy me. I disagree. All right. There's not enough pistachio in the world to satisfy you. You know what? You're right. That's that's accurate. I got a bag over there. Some pistachios. Yeah. Yeah. Here, let me. Yeah. Thank you. All right, quick test here. Hang on. What's the test? Yep, that's a pistachio. That was the test. Paired great with pistachios. Are they flavored pistachios? They are. You want one? No. What's the flavor? Sweet chili. Interesting. I'm going to pass these around. Beerandfearcast.com is where you can listen to all of our uh, episodes. Um, we've got our beer list on there, too, so you can see every single beer we've had, what we ranked it. Um, <laughs> they got links to the episodes. You can listen to the episodes right on the website or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever, podcast, Spotify. Um, check them out. And then we've got our video episodes on YouTube, which are recorded live while we record. So... The moment we're saying these words... You're making so much sense right now. Right now is when we're live. So, usually record... If you just subscribe to us on YouTube, you can see when we when we go live. You can watch our episodes then, or every Wednesday at noon, 12 p.m. Central Time, every single Wednesday, every week. is when our episodes come out. You can watch the video episodes, listen to the audio episodes, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and then beerandfearcast at gmail.com is our email if you want to reach out to us, or on our website, on our About page. we got a form you can fill out and stay up to date. With our stuff, reach out to us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, TikTok. Farmers only. Farmersonly.com. Match with us. Talk to me about your wheat plans. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it.